Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Caster, and I'm here with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, kind of a depressing week, or depressing Sunday for both of our teams. But we, we'll get into that later. But any, regardless, how are you doing? Okay. It's a crazy-ish sort of Sunday. Yeah. Glad to have football back. But... Yeah, I was, uh, I was most certainly not ready to just be sitting on the couch for 10 hours yesterday as madness seemingly unfolded in front of me. But um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was good football. It was pretty good football, all things considering. Um, Philip Rivers is still the not-clutch, trash-ass guy that we've always known. And the Colts may be worse than we expected. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is kind of nuts. They 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 could be really bad. They they could be really bad. Don't listen to what we said about the Colts Jacksonville game because I think we said that it was going to be in garbage time by the third quarter. Oh, I thought. I mean, I give credit to Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I give a ton of credit to Jacksonville. I mean, they 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 played. They played a really, really good game, and uh, Indianapolis just looked. The second half, they just looked like a completely different team. Completely different team, and then then Philip Rivers, that pick that he threw was. Uh, that's just that's awful, and it look it literally looked. There were moments when I was watching that that game before we just go you know full into the deep end and talk about all the games. We'll talk about this one for just a second. There was one part, but I really shouldn't say one because it happened multiple times, where it literally looked like Phillip Rivers was throwing the ball 10 miles an hour. There was no zip. There was nothing. Like, he would be lobbing it to the sidelines. I'd be just counting one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, and it would finally come down. I'm like, ah. Yeah, he, he looked awful. He looked awful, awful, awful. I mean, he looked his age. I mean, the guy, the guy is old. Like, let's be. And, I mean, and this is why we love Naeem Hines so much. Yeah, because Philip Rivers is only capable of throwing a ball with zip, five feet in front of him. Well, you know, I I'm very happy that I made Naeem Hines one of my final picks of the draft, and he might he might save my season, <laughs> especially if. Uh, what we fear about Marlon Mack will come to fruition. Yeah, and then it'll, it'll have to be a debate either today or tomorrow when we talk about the waivers. Um, you know, what the hell do you do with Naeem Hines, considering now it, it does look like the Jonathan Taylor truthers are going to get their wish in terms of Jonathan Taylor now is going to be, you would think, the primary ball toter in – Indianapolis with Naeem Hines being the full-time third down guy. All right. So let's move into the games and I'm going to rip this bandaid off real quick because we're going to talk about the Jets bills. And the fact of the matter is this was a, an awful game by any stretch of the imagination for the Jets. Uh, Sam Darnold looked lost. Uh, Rich Cimini, tweeted during the end, this looks like the Luke Falk-led offense. 
And honestly, I don't, I don't blame him for saying that. I mean, for all of all of the talk in the off season, this has been two straight off seasons now where they're like, Oh yeah. Looking like he's get, looking like Sam's getting it. He, you know, he's getting the handle of the offense. He's going to be way better this year. And then to come out like this. No, no, he, he looks lost. Sam Arnold. He looks lost, whether it's because the offense doesn't suit him, whether it's because he doesn't have any weapons, whether it's because the offensive line is terrible. I mean, Sam Donald's on his ass all day. Yeah. He was on his ass all day. He had no time to throw. And, I mean, give credit to Jamison Crowder. I mean, he took a five-yard pass, 69 yards. Nice. But, I mean, oh, my God. I mean, the, the, the Jets. Oof. I know. They could be the favorites of the number one pick. I mean, you know. Which is horrifying. Tank for the number one pick. Trade it for a haul, fire Adam Gaze, and rebuild the team through the draft. That's, I don't know. That might be one of the ways to do it. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I mean, we're on the Jets, so I guess we'll, I guess we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. Um, move on past Sam Donald, uh, Le'Veon Bell with that uh, hamstring injury. That's bad. That's not good. Not good. So I think when we when we go through the waivers tomorrow and we talk about you know who should be added, I'll give you one right now. Frank Gore, one hundred percent should be added. Yeah, I mean if you're if you're in waivers, I I don't think he should be your first claim, but if you're in fab and you need if you're if you're the Le'Veon Bell owner, you should have Frank Gore already. Uh, but if you don't, and you are the Le'Veon Bell owner, I think I would be spending. Uh, I think I would be spending probably if you're in a hundred dollar budget. I think I would be spending roughly ten percent of your budget, ten fifteen percent. If you're in a two hundred, I think I would be spending around five ten percent to try and get him. But I think that there's there are other guys that that are more worthwhile of pickups that we'll talk about tomorrow on the uh, Tuesday on the uh, on the waiver show that will be more helpful to your uh, to your fantasy teams besides Frank Gore but he could, he could be an interesting ad but Adam Gaze gets his wish he gets to see his Frank Gore again ugh i just i really i mean i this team i th- as much as i want to say that it's because you know no preseason games this is almost an entirely new group here on the offensive line. Practically five new starters, four or five new starters on the offensive line that still need to gel. No preseason games, limited training camp. I want to say that that was the reason, but also Adam Gaze is a terrible coach. He's awful. And I no, will go awful. on record saying that I, never, that I never wanted him in the first place. I think we, we were doing the, uh, the fancy show, the required rate of fancy show, when the Jets fired Todd Bowles after the 2018 season. And I said that I wanted, you know, I wanted an offensive-minded head coach. I wanted somebody like Eric Bieniemy, And I think a lot of Jets fans wanted someone like Eric Bieniemy, Or even like, uh, I don't know if Zach Taylor was available or Matt LaFleur was available. Or even, um, oh my God, completely forgetting his name. He was the quarterback coach for the uh, 
Eagles when they won the Super Bowl? Um, it's um, um, Joe DiFilippo. Yes, it's John DiFilippo. That's who John. John. John DiFilippo. I want him also. Just because somebody that is will be brought in to, break, to develop Sam Darnold. Adam Gaze, he almost ruined Ryan Tannehill's career, A. He was terrible for Jay Cutler, B. And the only reason that he has any credibility is because he was riding on the, uh, on the Batman and Robin sidecar on the 2013 Broncos offense with Peyton Manning. And that's, that's the facts. The fact of the matter is that Adam Gaze is not only not an offensive guru because his offensive teams have been terrible. He's also too stubborn to actually realize that he's not an offensive guru and change up the way that he's doing things. And also, and he's not willing to, you know, use the, uh, the players that he has. Like, even before Le'Veon Bell was injured, like people were, you know, the, the rumors out of camp were coming out saying that it was going to be more of a timeshare with Le'Veon Bell and Frank Gore. What the fuck? You paid all of this money to Le'Veon Bell and you're going to put him in the committee with Frank he Gore? Didn't. He didn't, clearly. Yeah. Well, he no. clearly did not. It was not, no, it wasn't his call. I mean, that was the other thing as well. Right. That it was, they brought, it was an, another arranged marriage between Adam Gaze and Mike McCagnan that like when they first brought in, brought, brought Adam Gaze in and clear. And these people had never met each other before Mike McCagnan had made all these free agent acquisitions that he was going to be looking to make that Adam Gaze had no say in it. And now that uh, Joe Douglas is brought in. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I don't know if Adam Gaze is even going to be fired after this year. Uh, Adam Gaze will not make it through the year. He should be. He should be. But I don't know if I'm not confident that ownership or Joe Douglas has the stones to do so. I do. Because Joe Douglas is going to want his own guy. And I think that if Adam Gaze goes sooner rather than later, it gives Greg Williams an opportunity to audition for the job. I think Greg Williams would make a great head coach. I do too. I do too. And I think the team. I, mean, I, I don't him, think. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. The, the team thinks of him as the de facto head coach. Yeah. I think this is, one of, this is one of those things where it's kind of like Mike Dicka and Buddy Ryan in, in uh, Chicago for the 85 Bears, except yeah. the Mike Dicka in this situation has about an eighth the amount of clout that Mike Dicka has. You see, I, I, just, I just don't think that the team is playing for Adam Gaze anymore. Honestly, I, I, I mean, I think that they're just playing for Greg Williams, and that's just, that's just sort of that. Um, you want to move on to the, uh, the pass catchers? Yeah. You mean, sure. you, I mean, I should really just say Jamison Crowder. Pass catcher. How, how good he looked. I mean, I think I, watched, I was watching that game just on and off, and on Red Zone yesterday, they barely showed the Jets' offense, barely. And I watched, I watched a little bit of it last night. Well, they were barely were in the Red Zone. Also. Sure. Well, well, usually they do the live look-ins and how everybody's doing, and they just bought, they didn't even bother to show the uh, the Jets or the uh, Washington football team until the Washington football team got up big on the Eagles. Ah, the Washington football team beat the Eagles. It's funny. Huh. Um, but, you know, I was watching the Jets, and 
I realized, I mean, I was watching on my computer, you know, just to see the ticker, the scores and all that. And Jamison Crowder had nothing up until like the two minute warning of the first half. And then he started getting everything. He started getting everything. And then the 69 yard touchdown, I was just like, I was in heaven. I was in heaven because I sat Amari Cooper. That was my big decision was I, I did in fact sit Amari Cooper and we'll get to that. Uh, but as far as James and Crowder goes, I think he's okay as long as he's healthy because Sam Donald has got to throw the ball to somebody. Yeah. And he, he has nobody else. Le'Veon Bell is now hurt. Uh, Denzel Mims was not in the game yesterday, did not play. Rashad Perriman uh, only got five targets. Yeah, um, Rashad, Rashad Perriman got only five targets. Chris Herndon only got seven targets. And right. I mean, Ryan Griffin wasn't even fucking used in this game also. That's another thing. The Jets barely ran the uh, out of 12 personnel. You have two solid tight ends here. And you're only going to use one of them at a time? I mean, right. this, is, this is what I'm talking about, like stubbornness. You got to adapt. The best head coaches ever, they adapt around the situation that they're in. They try to make the best out of the players that they have. That's why Greg Williams is such a good defensive coordinator. Because on paper, the Jets' defense is, is shit. It's awful. Absolutely terrible. No-name defense. But Greg Williams is able to put the players in a situation where the defense is only mediocre and not absolute dog shit. And Adam Gaze is just like, no, we're going to do this my way or we're going to die trying. But, uh, yeah, I'm surprised that Ryan Griffin didn't even get a target in this game. Not one target in this entire game. When Chris Hurden's healthy, he's number one. It really, it really shouldn't surprise a lot of people. They gave Ryan Griffin all that money last year. Even a contract extension. Well, you know where the Jets stand now. You know who their number one tight end is. It's Herndon. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, the defense was all right. Uh, the first half was atrocious. But um, Marcus May looked really good. Like I was saying before, we went on air. Marcus May looked really good. In the, I guess he's in, he's in the Jamal Adams role now. Um, it's either him or Bradley McDougald, but uh, Marcus May did really well. You know, he had two sacks. I think he forced a fumble. Uh, also, one of Josh Allen's two fumbles, and uh, the other sack was Brian Poole. I mean, that's that's fucking telling. All 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 three of J- the Jets' sacks came from a from a safety and a corner. That's uh, that says a lot. Let's move on to the Bills, please. There's a lot to talk about here. There is a lot to talk about. Good game by Josh Allen. Yeah, I thought he looked all right. There were there were a couple throws that I saw where I was just saying to myself, "Where? What the hell are you throwing to?" But thirty-three for forty-six, not bad, not bad. Leading rusher for the team too. Not a huge surprise. Um. Here's the one that I want to talk about. It's a Devin Singletary versus Zach Moss debate. Because Zach Moss was getting all the goal line work. All of it. But the problem was that Devin Singletary looked so much better than Zach Moss did. At least on my eye. So, yeah, 
I don't know what the hell is going to happen here because it's clear to me that the Bills want Zach Moss to be the guy, but I don't think it's going to be easy for them to phase out Devin Singletary when he outplayed Zach Moss yesterday. I know Zach Moss scored. I get it. But Devin Singletary was the better back of the two. Well, they got nine, nine carries between them. Devin Singletary got 30 yards and um, Zach Moss got 11. And then even um, the two Bills receivers, I thought they looked good too. Stephon yeah. Diggs, 8 for 86. John Brown, 6 for 70 and a touchdown. I think those, I think those two are, are solid wide receivers that you could add to your lineup, but I think I would hold off for at least next week just because they are, they are playing Miami, and that could, yeah. be, that could be a little scary. Yeah. Well, I think I just wanted to say one more thing about the Jets real quick. I mean, they have a tough matchup going into next week as well because they're playing San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco, San Francisco is coming to MetLife Stadium, and uh, I don't know if you remember the last time the 49ers came to MetLife Stadium. It was like thirty-four nothing. This is the uh, this is in twenty twelve. This is uh, the the Super Bowl year for the 49ers. and uh, yeah, no, it was not good. Although the last time the Jets played the Forty ers it was an OT thriller where Bilal Powell scored the uh, game-winning touchdown. But, and the 49ers are coming, off, are coming off of a very, very, very bad loss. Yes, they are. We are coming. We're going to get to that, definitely. Um, and then uh, Cole Beasley even got some, some action. You know, he got uh, seven targets, four catches, 58 yards. But yeah, he's, not, he's not fantasy relevant, but. No, he's game. not. I'm just, I'm, game. you know. And then, uh, you know, Josh Allen had two fumbles, which is not ideal but that's really the two blemishes on the game for him. Overall, it was a really good performance. You know, 71.2 QBR. Uh, first time in his career, he, he hit 300 yards, which is also pretty cool. Was also against the Jets. Yes, that is, that is also true. Was also against the Jets. But, I mean, you know, you got to take it, take the positives where you, where you can get them for anything. It's hard to win. In the NFL, regardless of who you're playing, you know there are going to be some games that we're going to be talking about. Of course, they'll take they'll take the win. Of course, they will. Or but. do well. You know there are going to be games that we're going to be talking about where the uh, team that was purported to lose big time ended up coming out on top. So nothing nothing is a given in the NFL. All right, let's move on to the next game here, and it's the Patriots and the Dolphins, and. So, uh, ooh, Fitzmagic, not a good game for Fitzmagic. No. Uh, no, no, no. 20 for 30, 191 yards, no touchdowns, three picks. Not, not good. Not good at all. No, 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 no. This was, uh, this was not a good game. And uh, the, the line for when Tua comes in and, and takes charge as the starter for uh, Miami has just lowered. Um, it, I, it could be as soon as like week four now. Yeah. I mean, well, it, actually it, also, bad, 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 bad. Brian Fitzpatrick lost a fumble as well. Yes. Or no, he, he didn't. Four, he, he had four, no, he, he didn't, didn't he lose four, it. Oh, he had a fumble, but they recovered. So he had three turnovers. Yeah. Could have had four. Could have had four. The other, another surprising thing, Jordan Howard. Eight carries for seven yards. Yeah, he was nowhere. He he was out carried by Miles Gaskin. 
Miles Gaskin was the, was the leading ball toter for uh, for Miami. Yeah, what a weird year 2020 is. I want no I, again. I, I want no part in this backfield. We, we've we've talked about this a million times over. Um, and you, you owning a Miami Dolphin running back is not going to win you a fantasy a fantasy title. So no. Um, if you want to go pick up Miles Gaskin, you can. Especially if you're in a deeper league, then that could help. But I just see this being such a volatile situation that I just want I want no part. And I mean, as for the receivers, I mean Devontae Parker, four for forty seven, did come out with a uh, with an injured hamstring. So definitely keep your eye out on that one. A lot of soft but tissue injuries this week. A lot, yeah, as we predicted. So but I'm not really looking at this game as much. Um, I would say I would just say don't be so over dramatic when it comes to the Dolphins and wanting to drop them. I think that they are situational plays when they have good matchups. I don't think they have great matchups next week against Buffalo, especially if Devontae Parker does not play then Preston Williams will be the number one, and he will be slated up against Tredavious White. So I just want no part in Miami, but they are good stashes if something were to happen to somebody else, let's just let's just say. Um, but New England, there's only one story. There's only one guy to talk about here. That's Cameron Cam Newton. J. Newton. He looked outstanding. Phenomenal. He it's like he never, never skipped a beat. I will say that he he looked a little behind the eight ball when it came to some passing plays. I think it was it was very basic what the Patriots had scripted for him. It was nothing complex. It was a lot of a lot of quick throws. Uh, Julian Edelman was a big part of the game plan. Had five catches yesterday, um, Sunday. So. I think at the I think at the end of the day, really, what's going to come down to is this is probably only part one of the Patriots really opening up their toy box here in terms of what they can do. But this is definitely a look that I just think that for me it was weird not seeing yeah. the 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 vanilla boring, same old shitty offense. Yeah, that we've seen for so long with with Brady there. It it, it was actually it, it was it was great. And I think Josh McDaniels actually has an opportunity now to show that he's a he's an offensive genius because he is. It's not just about Brady for him. And it's not just about Brady. Well, yeah, it's not he's showing, he's trying to show it's not just about Brady for him. Bill Belichick is also the greatest coach of all time. I think that is 100% confirmed, given how bad Tom Brady looked yesterday in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Tom Brady, we'll we'll get to that game. We'll get to that game. Is that a little overreaction? Yes. Yes, it is. But we'll get to that game. Because there's there's something that we'll need to, to talk about when it comes to both the quarterbacks in that game. I've been telling you for years, Tom Brady's assistant quarterback. Now, now we know. For years, for years I've been telling you. You better hope he doesn't throw for 300 next week. Well, they're playing the Panthers. Um, 
we'll yeah. talk about it when we get there. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, Cam Newton had a great game. Uh, outrushed everybody on the in the Patriots' backfield. Sonny Michel uh, only got 10 carries here for 37 yards and touchdown. Julian Edelman outrushed James White in this game. James White was also hurt. Yes. James White was also hurt. So I, I, I'm not taking uh, too much of that into consideration. But, uh, yeah, overall, pretty uh, solid performance from, uh, from Kim Newton and the Patriots. All right, moving on. Let's mo- go to the Browns and the former Browns. The Bra- <laughs> Cleveland and Baltimore. Listen, if I can't have any fun, then nobody else can. True. Yeah. All right. So, oh, God. This is – listen, aside from Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, this was not a good – this is not a good year for the uh, 2018 draft class for quarterbacks just because Baker Mayfield looked – I think Baker Mayfield looked worse than Sam Darnold in this game. Yeah, but he was also playing against the Ravens. I- I'm not – The Bills' defense is good too. Listen – no, but it's it, it, it's not the Rave, it's it's not the Ravens defense. The Ravens defense just gave Baker Mayfield fits all day, and the real test for Baker is going to come when they play the Bengals on Thursday night. Because if the Bengals can have the same level of success that the Ravens did, the 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 Browns could be terrible. Yeah. Ooh, Sheldon Richardson's on the Browns. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 could be terrible. Yeah. And which is which is horrifying. Um I think the 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 one thing that we need to also talk about as well. Nick Chubb was just not involved. Yeah, only ten carries for I mean sixty yards granted. Yeah, and I understand. I understand it was negative game script. It didn't really fit him. But if the Browns are terrible, it's going to be a lot of games where Nick Chubb is stuck and Kareem Hunt is the guy. Yeah. So I mean, it's the same I, thing with I, the receivers I'm, too. It's weird. Jarvis Landry yeah. had a much better game than OBJ. Well, I I predicted that. I predicted yeah. that one. That I knew I Jarvis that Landry would have the, would have the better game. Um. I would say, though, when it comes to Nick Chubb, wait for him to have a big game and then get out of that. Try to. Don't trade him for less than market value. Don't cut your losses and say, oh, I just don't want him. Wait for your opportunity. Wait for him to have a big game and then see what you can get for him because yeah. he could be he, he could be he could be terrible for your fantasy teams. And we talked about this with Kareem Hunt. It, it's what it comes down to. It comes down to Kareem Hunt could easily easily supplant him as number one running back for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, it should, it just was not was a terrible game all around. Um yeah, David Njoku got the only touchdown for Cleveland. And they even missed the extra point on that. Yeah. So, not I ideal. Mean, do, we, do we take into account that Austin Hooper only had – by the way, great call on uh, my part. I'll give us a pat on the back. 
uh, for saying that I would not play the Cleveland Browns tight ends. I'll give myself a pat on the back for that one. Yep. Um, are we concerned at all about Odell? I'm a little concerned. He had, he had 10 targets, and he only caught three. Yep. I'm Not shitting a brick no. when it comes to Odell. Shitting a brick. I, I just don't know. It, it's ridiculous. Frankly, you know, you trade first-round pick. You trade, like, a first-round pick and, you know, and a safety for Odell Beckham Jr. And you, you, you have this. I mean, listen, Baker Mayfield's trying to get in the ball, but it looks like Odell Beckham Jr. can't, like, can't do anything with it or can't catch or what. I don't know what's going on here. It's bad. I can't come up with anything. No, it's bad. It's like, not good. It's not good in, uh, in Cleveland. In Cleveland Brownsland, I mean, they looked, they looked lost. Honestly, they really, they really, really did. Um, Baltimore, on the other hand, looked. They looked fantastic. Well, you know, it's Baltimore. That's it. I mean, Lamar Jackson had another, another really good game. Uh, twenty for twenty-five, two hundred seventy-five yards. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Also had 45 yards rushing. Um, really, really solid. Uh, a lot of a timeshare between Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. You know, Mark Ingram That's... had 10. Uh, Mark Ingram had 10 carries for 29 yards. J.K. Dobbins had seven carries for 22 yards. And then even Gus Edwards got some uh, got some looks in. Um, yeah, so what are you gonna say? That's what I was waiting on. Was J.K. Dobbins could be the number one back sooner than we thought. I mean, he and had two think, touchdowns uh, in this game. So Jake was right. Jake was right that Mark Ingram got two goal line carries in this entire game, and J.K. Dobbins got the two touchdowns. So if you have Mark Ingram, I would be really nervous. I would be really, 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 really nervous, and. I would hold on to him, but do I trust him enough to start him? No. I think well, maybe if any I think maybe if anything, if you don't have J.K. Dobbins, I would go to the J.K. Dobbins owner and see what they would want for either J.K. or what they would give up to get Mark Ingram. That I think would be the best play that you can make yeah i think another great thing i mean at least for my fantasy team specifically was uh, mark andrews caught two touchdowns this game it was really a great performance from him and hollywood brown had uh, surpassed 100 yards receiving in this game on six targets willie so, sneed had a touchdown yes willie sneed also had a touchdown um i think typical that typical ravens performance yep. i would say this really cements the fact that Mark Andrews is number one in this offense as far as receivers are concerned, just because of uh, all the looks that he's been getting and especially the uh, two touchdowns. I would agree. All right, moving on. Going to uh, this one was this is this game is going to be very fascinating to talk about Indianapolis and Jacksonville. Oi, oi, Gavalt. Uh, two straight upset specials, actually. Right after this, we're talking about we're going to be talking about uh, Philadelphia and Washington. 
So, uh, yeah, not great. I mean, Philip Rivers, typical Philip Rivers, he's going to – through 46 times, threw for over 300 yards, threw a touchdown, but two picks, back-breaking, back-breaking picks. Um, but the big story, the big, 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 big story is that Marlon Mack has a torn Achilles, and he's going to be done for the season. Yeah, he's done. Um, Naeem Hines becomes, if he's on your waivers, he becomes the number one waiver priority of the week. No doubt about it. I think if you if you really need help at running back, he has to be a $20, $25 player in $200, $200 league, uh, $200 fab leagues. If, if you're not in fab, he has to be the number one waiver claim. I mean, he looked great, but the question really is, is he a guy that can contribute the rest of the season with now Jonathan Taylor going to be very, very much in the fold? I think the answer is yes, but I don't think as anything higher than a potential flex. I think he can be valuable in PPR. I don't know necessarily in non-PPR. So it definitely, it definitely, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting call that owners have to make when it comes to Naeem Hines because it's entirely possible that Jonathan Taylor becomes the guy for this offense, and Naeem Hines is not a factor in three weeks. Well, that would be unfortunate. The interesting thing is. Uh, Jonathan Taylor actually got a fair amount of catches out of the backfield. He did. And that's something that we really didn't expect coming into coming into the season. Yeah, I mean, I would I would expect that they're going to keep rotating these running backs. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to get his. I think Naeem Hines is going to get his. It, there's really two guys there now in Indianapolis, and I think both of them are going to be used. For me personally, I think Jonathan Taylor does have the higher ceiling than Naeem Hines, but I think Naeem Hines does have the safer floor. So um, it really just depends on what you're looking for. If you have Jonathan Taylor, congratulations. You now basically have a guy that really should have been taken in the second or third round that his ADP was reflected on the fact that Marlon Mack was there. Now that Marlon Mack is not there, you got a guy that should have been going in the second or third round. You've got him in like round five. So, uh, congratulations, because yeah, uh, you might have struck gold with that one. Yeah, unfortunate, the uh, circumstances, but still, you know. Yeah. All right. Um, the other interesting thing is Paris Campbell uh, got ended up getting not only more receptions, but more receiving yards than uh, T.Y. Hilton in this game. Yeah, same amount of targets, though. I'm not, I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, I just think that the coverage – on TY was excellent all game long. And uh Paris Campbell, he, he's he's definitely a, a post hype sort of sleeper that he was someone that was he, he came out of Ohio State last year, highly touted, got hurt, missed practically the entire year, and no one was talking about Paris Campbell coming into this year. Nobody was. And he comes out and he has a pretty solid game against the uh against the Jaguars. I fully expect that Paris Campbell is going to be the number two 
in this offense. And now really it's a question of who's going to be the other outside guy next to T.Y. Hilton. Is it going to be Zach Pascal or is it going to be Michael Pittman? We're going to see both of them had two receptions in this game. Zach Pascal had three targets. Michael Pittman only had two. So there's a lot more to unpack here for sure as to who the opposite to uh, T.Y. Hilton is going to be. But Paris Campbell definitely is one. If he's available in your in your leagues, especially if you're in a three-receiver league or if you're in any additional flex leagues or anything like that, uh, Paris Campbell could definitely be a, a very worthwhile waiver ad given he looks like he's going to be a big factor in the Colts offense in, uh, in 2020. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, – unless you want to talk about Jack Doyle, we can move on to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars here and talk about the uh, wonderful performance by Gardner Minshew. You know, the yards were all right, you know, uh, 173 yards, but he did throw three touchdowns. He only had one incompletion the entire game. That's crazy. Uh, He – the other interesting thing was uh, James Robinson – Ended up being the uh, the number one here for Jacksonville. And that's what was that's what was widely reported last week that Jay yep. Gruden wanted James Robinson to be the guy. And so, there it is. With no Devon, no Devon Ogzebo, uh Dario Gubawale was very much uh, not in the realm of thought for the Jaguars, and Chris Thompson was kind of not a factor as well. It, it was James Robinson's opportunity and. 16 carries, 62 yards, not really great. That's uh, a low-end flex, really. Um, I was torn for most of the day between starting him, starting Marlon Mack, starting a whole bunch of other shitty options. And uh, turns out it would have been uh, James Robinson would have been an okay-ish play, but definitely not uh, someone that could have gotten you the, the ceiling. If he's available in your leagues, I think he's a he's a worthwhile pickup as well. Um, but he doesn't inspire much confidence, I would say, as yeah. someone who can really peak and hit their ceiling. The other cool thing uh, is that one of your favorite receivers coming out of the draft had a very good game, LaVisca Chanel. Yep. Yeah, he looked, he looked really good. He looked really, really, really good. That made um, me happy. Yeah. LaVisca Chanel, Keelan Cole, and DJ Chark all caught touchdowns in this game. Does this affect your outlook on the uh, Jaguars receiving core at all? Uh, DJ Chark is the same guy. I mean, if you want to pick up LaVisca Chanel, then you can go and do that. I think he's in a, in a good situation where I think he's going to be able to produce given that the Jaguars it, – it's – it's a nice story, no doubt about it, that the Jaguars were able to silence all the people who are saying that they're going 0-16, yada, 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 yada. But let's not get this confused, that the Jaguars are going to be bad, and you can't expect games like this to happen every single week. The Colts could be terrible, and the Colts could be doing what the Colts do best, which is when there's a generational kind of quarterback waiting for them at number one overall in the draft, they could just say, I'll fuck it. We want no part in this season. 2020 canceled. I'm about to ruin that man's career. 
by drafting yep. him to the we're gonna go Colts. we're gonna we're gonna go tank and we're gonna fucking tank his ass we're gonna take his ass so let me take this from my uh, personal experience here uh the new york jets in 2012 and actually also in 2014 they had big solid wins in week one uh the jets beat the the bills in 2012 by 20 points and uh they beat the oakland raiders by about 10 or so in week one and those two seasons the jets proceeded to go six and ten in 20 in 2012 and four and 12 in 2014 so you know just because you win week one doesn't mean you're going to be having a good season it can go either way so just just keep that in mind (laughs) jacksonville and the people who, after week one, are crowning themselves champions of, of whatever because it's a, it's a long season. It's a long season. Okay. So let's move on to uh, Washington and Philadelphia. And uh, Carson Wentz had a pretty middling game here. Um, the big news out of this game, really, is that, Mar- is that Miles Sanders, do we talk about him like he was playing on uh, Friday? or? Did we? It was just a question mark here. I was basically a question mark, but everything everything that I heard it said that he was gonna play, and I guess something happened where they didn't want to risk him, and they just decided to keep him home. Yep. Uh, I know it's only one week, but you know, my Dallas Goddard prediction or my Zach Ertz prediction is looking kind of okay. For right now, as of one, as of as far as one week is concerned, because Dallas Goddard had eight catches for 101 yards and a touchdown, and Zacherts had three catches for 18 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, it makes sense. They're the leading receivers on this offense, but one week, Adam. It is one week. It is one week. It's probably not going to happen. Get, but still, don't get don't get too carried away. At least for one week. We have no, this. he looked he looked really good, Dallas Goddard. And, and he's always been he's always been talented. Um it was it was a poor game for Boston Scott just because the game script was just not there for him. Um and Car- Carson Wentz, oh God. He 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 looked he looked bad. Eight he looked sacks. bad. Yeah, the, the Eagles' offensive line is is bad, and I mean, I just I thank goodness that the Eagles look like our main competition. But the Washington football team, they 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 played inspired, and and I, and I just there's something about them that when I was watching, yeah, they were, I guess it was because they were playing the Eagles and 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 hate the and fuck the Eagles, but. There was something about them where I was just like, yeah, you know, this 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 isn't a team that you could just hey, you want to you want to root for them. It was it was very 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 weird. Um, is there a, a coming out of this this game yesterday between the Eagles and the and the uh, and the, the Washington football team? Is there a receiver from this offense that you want to own, Adam? From the Eagles' offense. From the Eagles' offense, uh, do tight ends count? Tight ends do not count. Then no. Me neither. 
main event. Definitely not. No part. Considering the no tight ends. No part. The tight ends got both touchdowns in this game. And uh, the, the quote-unquote main wide receivers in the Eagles offense got one catch and two catches respectively. No. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. Uh, this, this, this Eagles team looked all out of whack. All out of whack yesterday. Um, the Washington football team, though, they looked okay. Um, Peyton Barber, two touchdowns. Because, mm-hmm. of course, um, Dwayne Haskins looked all right, I guess. Antonio, Gip- Antonio Gibson looked good, but I think it's just very clear that uh, Ron Rivera is not going to give him the proper workload to make him even an RB2. I think he's just a he, he's a hotter cold flex, really. Um, Terry McLaurin looked okay. Logan Thomas caught the only Dwayne Haskins touchdown of the day. Yeah, this this is just is not an offense that I really want to invest in, especially with Antonio Gibson. You know, I don't. I, again, I just never bought the hype with Gibson. With McLaurin, I understand it because I think you know he could very easily be a thousand yard thousand yard receiver again. So yeah, it's really the Terry McLaurin show, and that's really about it. Yep. All right. Uh, I have nothing else to say about this, uh, other than I think that. Uh, Peyton Barber is probably going to be the number one moving forward in this offense. I, ba- I, basing off the carries here. I would say the leader of the committee. I wouldn't say the number one. Okay. That makes more sense. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's make it that. All right. Uh, Chicago and Detroit. Uh, this was another game. Poor Lions. Was, poor Lions. This is like this is the second year in a row that they've blown a, a lead to end the game. I mean, the Bears – Good for them. 21-point fourth quarter for the Bears, and they held Detroit to nothing in the fourth quarter to, yep. uh, to win this game. And, uh, yeah, actually, it's a pretty, pretty solid game for Mitch Trubisky, all things considered. I mean, you know, 20 for 36, 242 yards, three touchdowns, only have one sack. Yeah, I think when he when he finally grew into the game a little bit, I thought Mitch Trubisky actually looked pretty good. The first half he was dreadful, but the second half he came back out. There was more of a direct approach to the Chicago Bears offense. They weren't, you know, playing these uh, these conservative games. They weren't laying back. They weren't being all loosey goosey like some other team that I know that we'll talk about in I guess a little bit. Um, I thought Mitch Trubisky looked great, and I think you know if if you're looking. At a quarterback to potentially play next week, if uh, if Drew Brees or Tom Brady ended up fucking you, and you need someone to start over them, watch the Monday night game tonight, the first one with the Steelers and the Giants. Watch the Giants defense. If the Giants defense looks bad. Use like a dollar or two. Go pick up Mitch Trubisky because Mitch Trubisky plays the Giants next week. And then for the running back situation, David Montgomery looked pretty solid. Um, he looked healthy. Yeah, that's another another thing. Yeah, average just under five yards a carry. I mean, it's not not too bad. I think you just you're, you just want to see more from 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 David Montgomery. But I think 
it, it's a good start as he looks to uh, to regain some of his health. Um, and then I look at the receivers too, and Anthony Miller looked great, picked up right where he left off from last season. But even if even if Allen Robinson didn't have the best game in the world, five for seventy four, he still had nine targets. So uh, he he is still the number one for Mitch Trubisky. He's still in every week start. Um, Allen Robinson did not let me down in this game. So um, I think for the for the Bears, they're going to be they're going to be a hotter cold fantasy hot spot cold spot. But Allen Robinson will be very consistent. Yeah. And then Detroit, oi, just how many times do I said oi today in this in this entire episode? It's a lot, uh, a lot. Uh, Matt Stafford gave you Matt Stafford numbers, where you know forty two threw the ball forty two times for completed uh, twenty four of them for two hundred ninety seven yards, got a touchdown during an interception. The real story, I think, is in the running game. Adrian Peterson is the leader of the committee. That's what this looks like. Yep. And Bob Quinn and uh, Matt Patricia are going to go out and they're going to die on the Adrian Peterson Hill. They want him to be the guy. And it makes no sense. Carry on was on a pitch count. DeAndre Swift scored, but dropped what would have been a game-winning touchdown. I was right in his hands. Uh, well, this 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 backfield is just a disaster. This this backfield is going to be gross, 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 gross. I am legit on the verge of dropping DeAndre Swift. I'm like on a on a on a razor thin edge. I mean, if if there's if there's better options, then I guess it's not a terrible move. But I guess it, it really just depends on what you'd be dropping him for. I think that that's that's the way I would look at it. Um, Danny Amendola looked good. Marvin Jones looked good. But I think this this offense missed Kenny Galladay desperately. So I think that they will uh, they'll be very keen to uh, to have Kenny Galladay back in, their, in the lineup next week when they uh, when they go to Green Bay, they go to Lambeau and play uh, and play the Packers. Yeah, well, we'll be talking about them in a minute, and uh, they're phenomenal quarterback performance tj hawkinson also scored too yeah jimmy grant jimmy graham also had two touchdowns the tight ends the tight ends showed out in, in this jimmy performance. graham has two I, touchdowns or one touchdown two really i believe so i think it was javon wims had the immaculate logan paulson stat line of one catch one yard one touchdown jimmy graham had one touchdown and anthony miller had one touchdown Javon Wims had one? Yeah. I'm looking at the ESPN box score right now. I don't know why I thought Jimmy Graham. Oh, oh no, because it was called back. It was called back. He would have had two. Oh. Gotcha. He would have had two, but it was called back. Okay. Um, Jimmy Graham, I'm not picking up. I wouldn't waste my time. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, though, if, if he somehow is on your waiver wire, TJ Hawkinson is one that I, I would go and pick up. I'd be shocked if he was on the if he was on your waiver wire. Me too. I would be really, really, really shocked. All right, next game up, 
the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, what a game. What a game. I, I'm happy that I drafted him where I drafted him. I'm not happy that I sat him because I thought that the Vikings defense is going to be better than this. But I'm happy that this might be the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour that we've all been hoping for. You know, uh, 364 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, not even a sack for Aaron Rodgers. Phenomenal, phenomenal game. Great game for Aaron Jones also. 16 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown. And Devontae Adams, who boy. You got to love that performance for, from Devontae Adams. 14 catches, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. A long of 40. Caught a 40-yard touchdown. And 17 targets. This, this is it. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are going to be tag-teaming the league for this entire year. It really shouldn't surprise anybody. It, it doesn't. I just love it. Shouldn't surprise anybody. Devontae is just a, he's just a joy. He really, really is. Um, but as for Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he, he looked he looked really good. Looked really, really good. And I think this is a big fuck you to uh, everybody in the Green Bay front office that thought they could just come in and try and run him out of town because he, he he's a man on a mission. And he's gonna enlist his uh, his his best buddy to to help him out, and that's in the form of uh, Devontae Adams. So, um, yeah, really, really, really solid from uh, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Also had a long touchdown yesterday, Sunday. Um, a lot of points scored. So the Packers defense was. Uh, was kind of, uh, if you started them some way, somehow, God bless you. Um, Vikings defense, much of the same story. So I, I think it really is coming down to, you're looking at the, the NFC North, where their defenses are just going to be tragic at best. Yeah. I mean, th- this is this is nuts. Uh, I think that this, this game and the next game we're going to be talking about has proved that I'm probably going to look – I'm looking to start – Aaron Rodgers next week over Matt Ryan just because of of the uh, two performances that happened. Um, I think I want to say... What did Matt Ryan do that was so bad? He threw 450 yards and had two touchdowns. He didn't do anything. No, it's not not that he did anything that was bad. It's just that Aaron Rodgers was better, fantasy point-wise. Matt Ryan's going to... uh, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Dallas. Your boy's house. AT&T Stadium. Yeah. Um, moving on to the Vikings here. Uh, Kirk Cousins had a pretty all right day. Not as good as Aaron Rodgers, really, because honestly. Uh, 259 yards, uh, two touchdowns and a pick. The, uh, the made man, Dalvin Cook, just got a new contract extension. 12 carries, 50 yards, and two touchdowns. Great, great game. For Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen had a great game as well. Uh, six catches, 110 yards, two touchdowns. And I want to say B.C. Johnson is his name. Yeah, B.C. Johnson. Uh, he also had a solid game here. Three catches and uh, 56 yards, no touchdowns. But uh, 
what are your thoughts on the on the Vikings here? Uh, Dalvin Cook's all right. I think it was just a, a negative game script for him, but he still ended up getting two touchdowns, so he was fine for your fantasy uh, rosters at the end of the day. Uh, Kirk Cousins was okay. He was sort of a middle-of-the-road QB2 when it, when it came down to it. Um, so I think he's, he's, he's fine. Adam Thielen was outstanding. He, he, he was, and I think with no, with no Stephon Diggs in tow, uh, this just opens so much of this offense up for Adam Thielen to be the guy. And he had eight targets in this game. No other player had anywhere near that. The closest was four targets for BC Johnson and Alexander Madison. I mean, this is Adam Thielen's passing game that he's going to own. And as long as he's healthy, he's he he could be he could be a real superstar for fantasy because you look at the catches, you look at the yards. He scores, and he's he's insane. He's insane, and I've never owned him before. After game one, it was uh, it's I could say it's 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 an okay time. Yeah, it, it's fun. I'd say it's pretty fun. Um, moving on to another barn burner, we have the uh, Seahawks and the Falcons. The interesting thing is, you look at all the all the yard. We're going to talk about the Seahawks first, but I just wanted to say you look at all the yardage that the that the uh, Falcons had. And only come away with 25 points, it's, it's like crazy to me that they only were able to manage uh, two touchdowns through the air and then one touchdown on the ground. But that's it. We'll talk about them in, a, in about a minute. Uh, the Seahawks, Russell Wilson had another uh, great performance, 322 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. And also uh, 29 yards rushing. The uh, interesting story, I think, is that Carlos Hyde ended up getting more uh, carries than Chris Carson. And he also ended up scoring uh, more rushing yards also than Chris Carson. Um, What's the backfield looking like, in your opinion, after this game for Seattle? Chris Carson's Carson's backfield to lose. And he... As long as he, he keeps the ball in his hand and he, has, and, he has, and he doesn't fumble, he's going to be just fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, also Chris Carson did get two receiving touchdowns, which, which definitely helps for fantasy purposes. And uh, DK Metcalf got another touchdown, got a touchdown, and Greg Olson got the uh, fourth of Russell Wilson's four touchdowns. So, Yeah. Great game all around for Seattle. A good win for them. Um, I like DK Metcalf's performance. Uh, Him and Tyrell Lockett each got eight targets, but DK Metcalf, I guess, was able to do more. Was able to do more on less catches. Um, He had had a few drops. DK Metcalf. He had a few. But uh, I think that thirty-eight yard catch that he had really helped him out, as far as the uh, stat line is is concerned. That was that was a touchdown. Yeah, that was a touchdown. Thirty-eight yeah. yard touchdown. It uh, it definitely helped him out for fantasy purposes. Unfortunately, I was going up against a lot of players in this game this week. Um, I went up against Chris Carson, Julio Jones, and DK Metcalf from this game, and I had a bad time. It was a bad time all around. Ikes. Um. And so the Falcons, 
Matt Ryan threw for 450 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. He threw the ball 54 times. This is definitely a, a positive game script thing for him. The, just because, you know, he threw for four, 450 yards. Uh, Todd Gurley had a solid game, 14 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. But the real story is that the Falcons had three 100-yard receivers this game. Julio Jones got nine catches for 157 yards. Calvin Ridley got nine catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns. And Russell Gage got nine catches for 115 or 114 yards. And all three of these players got 12 targets apiece. So yeah, and there and there wasn't much room for uh, for Hayden Hurst. No, definitely which, not. Which is a little a little concerning. I wouldn't say it's the um, the end all be all. He does go up against Dallas next week, so um, we'll talk about Hayden Hurst on on Friday. But I think Hayden Hurst will be a fine start against Dallas. Um, Julio and Calvin Ridley. I mean, you you know, you know the deal. You know the deal by now. Uh, Russell Gage. He's an he'll be an interesting waiver ad. There was a lot of hype about him going into the season that he's the new number three receiver for Atlanta. He's going in, he's filling in that I guess the Muhammad Sanu sort of role. And 114 yards. That's very, very impressive. Nine receptions. It looks good for it looks good for him. And he's going up against another defense that is uh was struggling big time to uh do anything. Of, of much note Sunday night. So uh, Russell Gage could be a very, very interesting uh, flyer play come next week against, uh, against Dallas. Yeah. All right. Uh, next game, the Las Vegas Raiders, still weird to say, going up against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Derek Carr had a pretty pedestrian sort of day, uh, 239 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, no sacks or anything like that. Uh, Josh Jacobs, that was the real story of this game. And 25 carries, 93 yards, and three touchdowns. What a what a game for Josh Jacobs. He's a beast. Love him. He he was great. He was really good. Nelson Aguilar was the recipient of the one touchdown. He only had one catch for 23 yards and a touchdown. That was the touchdown catch. Uh, Henry Ruggs, the third led the uh, Raiders in receiving three catches for 55 yards, no touchdowns. Josh Jacobs did some uh, stuff through the air as well. Uh, four catches for 46 yards and Darren Waller had six catches for 45 yards. Um, what's your, what's your outlook here for the Raiders moving on, moving forward? I mean, this is Josh Jacobs's offense. Yeah. As we, as yeah. we've known before. Yep. This is uh this is Josh Jacobs backfield now to uh to very much own this is his offense he looked absolutely fantastic granted it was against a panthers defense that is absolutely terrible i would also be monitoring the status of henry ruggs as well left the game in the second quarter with a knee injury did eventually come back into the game but did not get any looks um, he could have just been coming out as a decoy of sorts. So I would definitely be cautious about potentially starting Henry Ruggs next week when the Raiders host the Saints on Monday night football to open up, of course, the 
the Death Star in uh, in Las Vegas. The Legion Stadium. I mean, it even sounds like something you would call a Death Star. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. The Panthers had a – they were pretty solid also. Um, Teddy Bridgewater had 270 yards, one touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, 23 carries, 96 yards, two touchdowns. And uh, something that brings – that warms my heart, Robbie Anderson doing what he does best. He caught a – I would assume it's a 75-yard touchdown. You know, yeah. I'm just looking at the box score. I didn't really watch mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. That it was uh, it's 75 yards. I it's Robbie Anderson. It had to be a touchdown. But this is what he does. Uh, six catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Really good game for Robbie Anderson uh, on eight targets also. Uh, DJ Moore led the, fan, the Panthers in targets. He had four catches for 54 yards. And uh, McCaffrey – through the air had three catches for 38 yards. I think I don't want to be reactionary. I'm not going to say that this really changes anything for the uh, receiving hierarchy with the Panthers. Um, for me, it kind of did. For me, it kind of did. Um, only three receptions for McCaffrey is a little bit of a problem for anybody that did draft him. You know, you're obviously looking for a bit more from him. Yeah, he was good. Two touchdowns is fantastic, and you love the usage. But I think you're expecting more in terms of receptions for Christian McCaffrey to even have a sh- have a shot to repeat as the number one running back. But it's early. It is week one. Um, but... I would say rushing-wise, Christian McCaffrey was fine. You just, need, you just want to see a bit more in the, uh, in the passing department, which I'm sure will come eventually. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on, Chargers and Bengals. Uh, Tyra Taylor is oh, – I know. This game was kind of boring. Oh, this game was awful. Yeah. It this was, game was bad, bad, It was a slugfest. I mean, it says a lot when the uh, two touchdowns came from – well – one came from a running back, and the other one came from a quarterback. You're gonna, so, need, you're gonna, you're gonna have to pay me a good amount of money to have to sit through Thursday night and watch the the Browns and the Bengals. That game's gonna be terrible. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. So we have uh, Tyrod Taylor, who didn't, who you know, he had a pretty average game. Two hundred eight yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Austin Eckler did pretty well, but I think Joshua Kelly was the bigger story of this game where he had 12 carries and 60 yards with a touchdown. I uh, scored the only touchdown for the Chargers here. And um, yeah, it was a solid game overall for the running backs. Uh, Hunter Henry had a solid game as well. Uh, five catches for 73 yards. The surprise for me, Keenan Allen, Four catches on eight targets for only 37 yards. That's a, that's a bit worrying. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was worrying, but I shouldn't say that it was a surprise considering the Bengals were mainly doubling him for a large majority of the game. So it wasn't that big of a shock to me. Justin Jackson got hurt. Stop me if you've heard that one before. And that opened the door for Josh Kelly. 
And I'll be the first to say, Josh Kelly looked like the better runner as opposed to Justin Jackson when Justin Jackson got his opportunity. So um, I think anybody who's panicking about um, about Josh Kelly and the whole Austin Eckler uh, split, I would say, you know, look at what Austin Eckler was when Melvin Gordon was around. Austin Eckler was still able to finish the top five running back in PPR. So Austin Eckler knows what it's like to be in a committee. So I just I wouldn't be so reactionary to just jump off that bandwagon yet. I think Austin Eckler is going to be fine, but it's just going to take some time. Yeah. And then for the Bengals, it was a tale of the Joes. The Joes had a great game. Joe Burrow and Joe mm-hmm. Mixon. Eh. Well, eh. Joe Burrow was all right for his first eh. game in the NFL. Eh. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I would not say that at all. Um, what would you say? I would say that Joe Burrow was trying to do way too much, way too much. The interception that he threw was just a shovel pass right into the gut of Melvin Ingram, and that that's it's not. You, you, I understand he's a rookie. I understand that you know he's learning on the fly. I get that, but it it he 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 definitely could have won that game. And the final drive was very 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 good. Uh, but Randy Bullock, oh god, that's just that's just bad 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 news. As for Joe Mixon, his first career fumble yesterday, and was benched, was benched after he fumbled, his first career fumble, and he's benched. So it's a bit um, harsh. I I don't know what it is. He's been playing for three years. I don't know what I don't know what it is with the Bengals though that they they just have such a hard time with Mixon, yet they paid him. So I don't understand why they play hardball like they do. It, It it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, AJ Green looked like Joe Burrow's favorite receiver until the Chargers decided to double AJ Green, and then Joe Burrow looked at Tyler Boyd a whole lot, especially uh, in the dying embers of the game when they were trying to get into field goal range. It looked like it was Tyler Boyd's show out there. Um, look, I think at the end of the day, Burrow's going to be fine. I just am not a fan of his for fantasy purposes. But in spot starts where you're going up against light defenses, I think he's okay. I would say that if there are people that are interested in Joe Burrow, then you try and trade him. But in a keeper or a dynasty, of course, you're holding out to him. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, CJ Ozoma looked pretty interesting also. He had uh, five targets as well along with Tyler Boyd. And he had four catches for uh, 45 yards. But... I think that there are definitely better tight end options out there than C.J. Ozoma. Yes, there are. All right, next up, the Cardinals and the 49ers. Uh, Kyler Murray had a, you know, going, he had a tough test going up against the 49ers defense. Um, 230 yards, one, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, he's able to rush for 91 yards and get a rushing touchdown as well. 
Uh, he led the Cardinals in rushing, which you always like to see from a quarterback like Kyler Murray. Uh, Kenyon Drake did kind of all right as well. Uh, he had 16 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins had a phenomenal, phenomenal game, even though he didn't catch a touchdown. He still had 14 catches for 156 yard, or 151 yards, excuse me, and then 16 targets this game for DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, is he the number one or is he, or is he the number one? He is, in fact, the number one. Yes, but uh, Chase Edmonds caught the one touchdown for uh, this game. Yeah, and I, I would even say that it really looked like the Cardinals running backs just had a hard time doing anything in this game. Kenyon Drake averaged 3.8 yards per carry. Chase Edmonds, 4.3. Uh, Kyler Murray really was the focal point of the Arizona Cardinals rushing attack for most of the game. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins just uh, he, he looked unbelievable. He looked unbelievable. And um, I apologize in advance if I ever said that maybe this would be something that I would be concerned about when it came to DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. I mean, that Me connection too. was just on the entire game. And he's a wide receiver one for fantasy. So if you if you got him in the late second round, congratulations, because he looks very, very, very good. Yeah, well, I'll say this. Uh, before we move on to the 49ers, we don't really talk about this that often, but Zane Gonzalez, the kicker for the Cardinals, did not have a great game at all. No, no, he did not. He did make missed a 56-yard field, field goal. Yeah, he did make a 56-yarder. But, yeah, missing two field goals is not all right. No, at all. no, it's not. Uh, the Cardinals are lucky to come out with a win here. Uh, for the 49ers, uh, Jimmy G had – a pretty average game, uh, 259 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Raheem Mostert what, didn't look like he was able to do much on the ground. He had 15 carries, but he was only able to amass uh, 56 yards. Jarek McKinnon surprisingly was able to get some, uh, some looks. He had three carries for 24 yards, uh, no touchdowns on the run for the uh, – for the 49ers, Raheem Mostert did catch that long touchdown, 76 yards, and uh, that was a good game for him. And Jared McKinnon, it took him three years, but he scored his first touchdown as a 49er. Mazel tov. Yep. Yeah, Mazel tov indeed. Uh, so what do you think about the uh, this game from the 49ers' perspective? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a great quarterback. Raheem Mostert looked great. The receivers there are not startable in fantasy. And, oh, boy, did George Kittle owners dodge a bullet. They dodged a very, 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 very big bullet. Cause I, thought, I thought that knee just completely buckled. I thought he was done. That would have been awful. Is there any news on that, that leg injury? No, he, he came back. Oh. He came back. Okay. Came back, played. It looked, it looked bad. It looked very, very, very bad. You know, it's really telling when the first six names on the receiving box score for the 49ers is running back, tight end, running back, running back, running back, tight end. Well, actually, no, Kendrick Bourne's a wide receiver. My bad. So there's one wide receiver in the top six of their box score. And it's Kendrick Bourne. That's it. And he only had two catches. For five targets. So the right. 49ers receivers are not playable. 
It's weird. I noticed that unplayable means something different in England because whenever you know you look at you watch like Sky Sports or something and they say that somebody's unplayable and that's actually a compliment and doesn't make any sense to me. It just yeah. doesn't compute in my head. Yeah, it is a compliment. Yeah. But in, the, in America it it is it is not. All right. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. This is our second to last game. And I don't know, I don't know. Tom Brady had a had a pretty shit game by his standards. We are not used to these kinds of performances from uh, from Tom Brady. 239 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and three sacks for a QBR of 34.6. He did get a rushing touchdown that uh, was pretty good from a fantasy perspective. It looks like for right now, Bruce Arians was right. Ronald Jones, the second, is the guy. He had 17 carries for 66 yards. Uh, Leonard Fournette, unfortunately, had only five carries for five yards. And it was just not not a good game for anybody not named uh, Ronald Jones, as far as the rushing is concerned. Uh, Chris Godwin had a really good game. Um, Mike Evans only had one catch in this game. And it was a touchdown catch. So yeah, yeah, we said that Mike Evans was just not startable. So hopefully he didn't start him. Yeah. Well, it was looking like he was going to be. He wasn't even going to play because it was very interesting. Because they when we were uh, when the Friday show was being edited, news came out that Mike Evans was changed to doubtful, and then on Saturday they changed him back to questionable. Right. So. There's a better, there's a good chance that Mike Evans was definitely playing through something. And, uh, you know, Chris Godwin had a really good game. Scotty Miller come, came out of nowhere. Uh, I saw on the, uh, the Westwood, I was listening to the uh, Westwood One radio call of the game, and they were talking about how, uh, how great Scotty Miller was, uh, was doing this game. Uh, the special teams for the Buccaneers was also pretty terrible. Because I was going to the store on Sunday, I was listening to the game, and the first play I see or I listened to was there was a kickoff, and it hit one of the Bucks players, and the Saints recover the ball, in a and they got a good field position off of that. Yeah, it was, it was that uh, the sky kick. Yeah, they they called it they called it a mortar kick, which is, I think is a way cooler name, but yeah, mortar kick, a mortar kick. I would also be definitely concerned about Chris Godwin. Um, of course, he had that head injury, the head blow that he took from uh, DJ Swearinger, who should be playing, should have been playing football in the 1950s and not in 2020. So um, definitely just keep your uh, eyes peeled for uh, news about uh, Godwin over the uh, the next couple of days as these head injuries definitely do take two or three days to uh, to progress. So um yeah, we should we should know pretty much by Thursday or Friday um what his what his status looks like for uh for uh for Sunday's game against the uh against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Uh anything else you want to say before we move on to the New Orleans Saints? So for me I thought Tom Brady looked a little bit for shimmeled. 
in this offense. Uh, Gronk was probably the best blocker that the Bucks have had in the last five years on their offensive line. And I, I think Ronald Jones even looked, he looked good. He looked really good. So it might be harder for, um, for Leonard Fournette to win that job than, than, than some people may think. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, Drew Brees didn't really do any better. Uh, he had 160 yards, two touchdowns, uh, no interceptions, took a sack. Uh, Latavius Murray got a lot of the uh, carries on the ground, 15 carries for 48 yards. Alvin Kamara got 12 carries for 16 yards, and he had the touchdown. He touched on the ground, and he also had the touchdown through the air. Uh, five catches for 51 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders caught the other touchdown, surprisingly. Three catches for 15 yards and a touchdown. And a surprisingly quiet day for Michael Thomas at the office. Uh, only three catches for 17 yards. And Jared Cook was the leading receiver for the New Orleans Saints. Fuck the Saints. I, 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 I hate them. I hate them. I can, I can never figure them out. How do you have Michael Thomas only have three receptions? That just, it makes no sense to me. It makes absolutely no sense. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess they're trying to reward Alvin Kamara for his new contract extension by uh, giving him the most shit. targets. He's a piece of shit, too. Five targets for Michael Thomas? Are you kidding me? I know. Jared Cook got more targets than Michael Thomas. Yeah. Like, I hope, I hope Michael Thomas goes into Sean Payton's office and flips the desk over. I, I, I hope he does. Yeah. See, you're, you're mad now. We're not even talking. We haven't even moved on to the Cowboys game yet. No, no haven't which we will we're gonna do that right now wonderful get ready bird the floor scores talk about the cowboys um dak was fine zeke was great amari cooper was unexpectedly very good uh cd lamb looked good michael gallup was not good should have been better if the referees had their glasses on which they did not the entire night. For the Rams, Goff was Goff. Didn't have to do anything to win a game. That's kind of what he does. Malcolm Brown was excellent. Um, he should be the number one option in that backfield. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if next week, after Malcolm Brown's ownership goes up 65%, that you see Cam Akers or Darrell Henderson become the guy for the Rams. So um, I would – Approach that cautiously. Um, Robert Woods looked excellent. Cooper Cup looked all right. Uh, Tyler Hapey looked all right. Uh, but I feel like I was watching the same Cowboys that I've been watching for the last 10 years. I just, I really don't feel like much has changed. And um, you don't kick a field goal when you need points, try and go for it. Show me any advanced stat or any form of analytics that says you should be going for that there. 
with 10 minutes to go in the game. Uh, it was kind of a dumb play. I, was, I was not a fan of that. Awful. Awful. I was screaming at my TV. Screaming at my TV. Wanting to know why the fuck are we going, are we going for this? Like, even if we got it. Even if we got it. I was like, why the fuck, why the fuck are we going for this? And then, and then Jalen Ramsey should win an Academy Award. He really should. He really, really should. That was... That was the most ridiculous call I've ever seen, but it's okay. I mean, the NFL and the referees like to fuck over the Cowboys receivers all the time. So um, I guess let's just not make this any different. Um, yeah. Condolences on uh, it's unfortunate what happened to Blake Jarwin also. Yeah, it sucks. That sucks. Jarwin, Jarwin, uh, Cam, Cam Irving, and, um, and Leighton Van Resch all out. But Van Resch will be back and, I think it's like six weeks. Um, Cam Irving, no update on him, and then Jarwin is out for the year. Apparently, they're saying they're saying with um, with with Jarwin. Well, at first, I got a notification that he tore both of his ACLs. I was like, what? "Oh, how the, how the fuck do you tear both of your ACLs at the same and time?" It, yeah, but then they said it was only it was only one. They corrected you, it. They God. corrected it. I was I was like, "Oh, okay, good." We. He's got one healthy leg. That is awful. <laughs> That's what the notification said. I was like, how the fuck do you tear both of your ACLs? But no, he uh, he he did not. And uh, Sean McVay outcoached Mike McCarthy. And it was very clear that Mike McCarthy had been sitting on the couch for, uh, for an entire year. So who's the backup tight end for the Cowboys? Just wondering. Dalton Schultz ah. will be the starter unless the Cowboys go and Trade a third-round pick for Jason Witten tomorrow. Would not shock me in the slightest. Nope, wouldn't shock me either. They just, hey, 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 Gruden, let's give you this bag of balls. Give us, give us, give us Witt back. We want him. Yeah, or J- or Jason Witten demands for his release so he can go back to Dallas. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Monday Night Football, Last thought. we have the Giants and the Steelers first game. Uh, you know, you're starting your Steelers because the Giants defense sucks. I would say you're starting Big Ben. I would say you are starting James Conner. You're starting Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I would sit Deontay Johnson for this one uh, just because, I mean, obviously, if you have Deontay Johnson already in, then, of course, you know, that's, you're starting Deontay Johnson. But for me, I would, I would have, uh, I would have sat him. Uh, for somebody else, and Eric Ebron, I would have I would have said as well, just to just to kind of see. And for the Giants, I mean, if you're in a two QB league, you start Daniel Jones. Obviously, you're starting Saquon Barkley. Uh, I would not be starting any of the receivers here, but I would be starting Evan Ingram against the yep. Steelers, but not expecting a whole lot. All right, uh, what about the well, the defense for Pittsburgh? You like the, the, the Steelers? The yeah, Steelers defense was a top three play for me this week, so all right, they are cool. uh, they're a great start. And then the uh, last game is Tennessee and Denver. And what do you have there? Uh, starting, I'm starting Ryan Tannehill. He's a low, low-tier starting option. Derrick Henry, you're obviously starting. Uh, A.J. Brown, you're obviously starting as well. And I like Johnny Smith in this, in this matchup. So uh, all the major offensive weapons for Tennessee, I would start. Drew Locke is a start for me. Uh, Melvin Gordon is a start. Philip Lindsay, if you were looking for you know some sort of uh, potential high floor flex, he could be that for you. Uh, 
hopefully you were able to take Cortland Sutton out of your lineups because he is, as of right now, not going to play with a sprained HC joint. So Jerry Judy becomes number one receiver for uh, for the Denver Broncos, and I hope that he's in your lineups because I would have started him as well. Uh, Tim Patrick, I guess, could have a role here. But for me, the one receiver would be Jerry Judy, and then the tight end, Noah Fant, is a start for me as well. Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. The name is just the Basement Talk Podcast. You can find the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast, the Fantasy Show, as well as the Quizvitational. On Tuesday, we will be uh, talking about waiver wire ads and previewing Thursday night's Battle of Ohio between the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. For my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye.